Well, good morning. Tina koto, Tina koto, Tina koto katoa. My name is Jeremiah. Uh, I'm actually new here. Uh, it's my second week. Um, maybe for some of you, it's your second week here as well, or maybe your first. So welcome. Uh, it is good to be uh, with you here this morning. I keep thinking that I'm new to Christchurch, um, and maybe I still am, but then I realize that I've actually been here for more than 10 years now, and I think, well, maybe I'm not quite as new as I thought I am. Um, see, I grew up, uh, for those of you who don't know me, I grew up in a small rural alpine village called Lake Rotoweedy, which is just south of Nelson. The, I was going to say the best place, but don't go there. Um, too, many, too many people. Um, a great place to be raised uh, with a family who desperately loved God and loved Jesus. And I, I was raised in a way that I wasn't just get presented information about him, but presented with an invitation to a relationship with him. And so I've known God from a very young age. And then I moved to Christchurch. I moved to Christchurch to study, uh, to study primary school teaching. And when I first arrived, I began looking around for a church. Week one, I started attending uh, Life Church, and then I attended a few others in the evenings, just trying to go to God, right, where's my fit? Where do you want me to, to call my church home? And after a couple of weeks, I went back to God. I said, what is my part to play, and what church would you have me call home? And God very clearly spoke to me about Life Church. So I did. I stopped attending other services, and I got really stuck in here at Life Church. I started joining serving teams. I got part of a life group, turned up to every young adults event I could, joined and got involved in community ministries and went, this is my church home. This is where I'm going to serve Jesus. Fast forward three years and I'd finished my teaching degree and the time came again where what do I do next? Where am I going now? And so I took it to God. Now I had my preferences. I knew what I wanted to do but I thought that if I just made myself available to God, then he would lead me where his plans and where he would like me to go. And God called me to stay in Christchurch. That wasn't my preference. But as I chatted with God about it, and some people would call it prayer, but really it is just talking with God. And as we talked about it, I chose to be obedient to his call, and I've stayed in Christchurch. So then I taught in a, a couple of local primary schools here in Christchurch for a couple of years. And again, another opportunity came up. And the question was, where do I go next? So I took it to God. And he called me to serve on team here at Life Church. Now, more than five years later, I'm still here, and I found a place where I can belong. Found a people, another family, and a community who passionately love Jesus and want to live on mission like I do. And then last week, my wife Sarah and I, we're the campus pastors out here, we came with so many of you to plant this campus. And our vision here at QE2 is the same as that of Life Church, because we are Life Church just here at QE2. And that is that more people would find Jesus. More people would find a place where, yes, you belong church campus where people from every age, ethnicity and diversity can find a place where they can know God, love people and see lives changed. We haven't launched a campus 
to make Life Church's name great. We haven't done it to boast about the number of spaces or buildings that we occupy. We aren't here to advance a personal agenda. Trust me. We're doing it to make Jesus known so that more people will have the opportunity to hear. So that those who have not yet been invited, who have not yet heard, or maybe have heard but are no longer connected, can come back and find a place where Jesus loves them. Where they'll have the opportunity to hear about the joy and life of following Jesus. We're here to live on mission, to make ourselves available. We're not just a church who does mission, we're a church on mission. The church is made up of us, made up of people. So we are a people on mission, a group of individuals, part of a family and a community who serves Christ and puts Jesus at the center of all that we do so that others would know who, we, who he is. Jesus. And so we say, we are available. Wherever you need us, I will go. Now in the book of Luke, we find Jesus spending some time with his disciples, as he often did, just kind of hanging out. And he just told his disciples about his upcoming death. And they were about to leave from one town to go to another. And it had been a massive couple of weeks. Okay, a massive few weeks. They'd just fed a few thousand people with a little bit of lunch. The transfiguration had just happened a few nights earlier, so Peter, James, and John's minds were still a little bit blown by what they'd seen there. Uh, if you don't know about that, you can look it up. And Jesus had also just driven out some demons from a young boy. So it was like a, oh, probably nothing much to you guys, but it was a fairly big week in my books. And then Jesus is like, all right, we're, we've done it this place. It's time for us to go to the next town. It's time to go on the next part of our walking road trip. And so in Luke 9, verse 59 to 62, we read this. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Now let's be honest, if someone called that out to us, it would sound a little stalkerish. Sound a little creepy. What do you mean you're going to follow me wherever I go? But Jesus doesn't go, what? <laughs> He's like, okay. He responds by this saying this, Foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. Then he said to another person, come follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, Yes, Lord, I will follow you. But first let me go and say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Now there's so much that we can take from the scripture. But I noticed a few things about the people who were coming and wanting to follow Jesus. This first guy, he calls out and gets Jesus' attention. Quite boldly, I would say, and quite confidently, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. I love that. A great sense of confidence, of knowing that I want to follow Jesus. And when I read it, I went, it's a little bit of a callback to Ruth and Naomi. And she says, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your God will be my God and your people will be 
my people. And then we see Jesus reply that the road they are traveling might not be easy. Following Jesus is not always comfortable. It's not always going to be exactly what we expect. Look at this passage. As Jesus is simply walking along, people are coming and calling out to follow him. People are yelling out, I will follow you, simply as he walks on by. When people see Jesus walking by, when people see Jesus at work, when people see Jesus appear in their neighborhood, there's a desire within people to follow. We've planted this campus here so when that when people see us in the neighborhood, so when people see us in the supermarket, when people see us at the corner dairy or at the school pickup, they will see Jesus inside of us and there'll be something of a desire within them that they go, I want what you have. I want to follow this Jesus. Our conversations show Jesus. Our interactions will have joy. Our expressions are hopeful. We have the answer and his name is Jesus. And all we have to do is say, God, I am available. Wherever you need me, whatever you want of me, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. And yet I wonder if sometimes we treat God a little bit like a bank. When I need some money, or maybe this is a few years ago, when I go need some money, I go to the bank and I get some. And then I go on living my life. Although, let's be honest, it's hard to find a bank with opening hours. Um, but so maybe maybe you're at home and you check your internet banking, okay? Or you're on your app and you check it. Do I have enough? Do I have enough to pay the bills? Yep, it's going to be enough for this week. We'll get through. And then you just move on with life. Sound familiar? I go to church on a Sunday and then I get on with the rest of my life. I even serve on a Sunday and I know I serve Christ through the church. I'm not serving the church, I'm serving Jesus through the church. God bless you and God bless me. And then we go back to work on Monday. Sometimes, sometimes we're at home and we remember that the Bible and prayer are quite important. So maybe we, we open up the app or your physical Bible and maybe you even read a whole chapter. And then we close it again and we'll open up YouTube or Facebook or go and visit someone else. And they're not bad things, but the invitation to live with Christ always, asking us, inviting us, calling us to what he wants us to do. We know God and we have an idea of who he is. We decide, yes, I'm going to follow this Jesus. I've got some things going on in my life and he seems to be like he's going to be part of the solution. He's got some of the answers I think I need. Maybe we see God as someone that we can just go to and maybe get what we want. Or maybe not what we want, but we can ask stuff of him. God, would you just would you help me with this this thing over here? That would be that would help me solve that problem. Or the classic God, could you give me a car park? Would all the lights be green so I don't arrive too late at church this morning? 
Jesus, I'll give you two options, yes or no. What do you want? And sometimes we just go and we limit God as to what his answer might be. Or we could choose to say, I am available. Interrupt me. Get my attention. Call me and I will listen. I will go where you call. See, the next person in this passage in Luke 9, Jesus notices. And Jesus gets his attention. And Jesus says to him, come, follow me. This person agrees. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I could follow Jesus. But, 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 but first, let, let me just deal with something. I think it's a great idea, Jesus. Yep, I'm definitely going to follow you. But first, let me just sort out this area over here. How often are we like these people? Wanting to follow Jesus, wanting to serve him, wanting to know more about him. We make ourselves known to Jesus, maybe call out, I will follow, or Jesus gets our attention and we'll say, yep, we'll keep you at the center of our lives. And Jesus is so pleased that we've chosen to walk with him. And then we reply, but first, first would you let me get all my sins sorted? First, would you, would you let me find a good group of friends so that I don't have to go on my own? But first, would you just let me buy a house before you ask me to do anything? Let me finish my assignment. Let me first expand my business or get past my addiction. Would you first let me go visit my family or spend, spend a bit of time in counseling first? God, we're available, but, but, first, but first let me sort some things out. Now these are all good things. Right? We should work on our sin areas. We should be wise with our money and our investments. We should seek out meaningful relationships. We should visit family, grow businesses and invest in people. We should go to counseling for areas that we need breakthrough in. But Jesus didn't qualify his call. None of these things can come at the expense of following Jesus, of having him at the center of what we do. Work on your sin, but serve people. Invest in a new house or a new car, but also give to Christ through the church. Finish your assignments and study hard, but turn up to the gathered church and to prayer night. God, we are available, all of me, all of what I do, all of who I am. So many of you in this room have said yes to following Jesus. And for many of you, you've said yes to coming and being part of this campus and living on mission. And we're so grateful for all that you do, all that you serve, for your love for Christ for your love for his church, for the time you spend in prayer for people of our nation and the nations of the world. And here's a difficult question though. Does Jesus have access to all of you? To the difficult places, the uncomfortable places, to the tricky questions, to the areas of our lives that we desperately want to give him, but really are saying, but let me have a go at sorting it out myself first. A yes without exception. A yes without 
excuse. And I am available without qualification. A few years ago, I was asked by um, a lady who goes to our Selwyn campus. Uh, I was out there visiting and she came up to me after the service and we'd known each other for a few years and she says to me, uh, would you know any young guys uh, or yourself be interested in doing some, this is funny, uh, modelling for a World of Wearable Arts uh, event that she was running out at the Lincoln Event Centre. She said, you won't be wearing the art pieces, uh, you'll be doing uh, a small bit in the middle as a little bit of like comic relief in the middle. Now I'm up for a lot of things. Said, what will we be wearing? She said, we'll be wearing outfits from the 60s and 70s. I said, oh, well, that sounds like fun, I'm in. Yeah, I think I'm available. The suits and casual wear and that sort of thing. So a whole lot of fun music, walking along this massive catwalk in front of a few thousand people. So a few weeks later, I went out to a house for a visit and for a fitting. And um, now the, the, the brightly coloured suits, I was expecting that. Um, the tight pants with the beautiful flares at the bottom, I was even expecting those. What I wasn't expecting was the very tight, very short stubbies for the final number. And I went, am I as little as I think I was? But I'd already committed and I went, you know what, this will be a lot of fun. And we had a lot of laughs backstage. I did do it. We had a lot of, I wish I could show you the photo. No, I don't wish that. Um, we, don't, we don't have any photos that I'm aware of. <laughs> we had a lot of fun backstage and I'm sure the audience had a lot of a laugh too. But sometimes making ourselves available to things is a little bit uncomfortable. It's a little bit daunting because there's a lot of things that we are expecting, that we are aware of, that we do know is coming up. But what about the things that we're not aware of? It can be a little scary. But we do know Jesus. We know God. We know his character. We have written eyewitness accounts for thousands of years and we have generations of families who can testify to his goodness, to his faithfulness and to his character. When we say yes to Jesus, we make ourselves available to him. We aren't, trust, we aren't trusting blindly in an unknowing. We're putting through Jesus, his son. What describes God's love to us more than his willingness to send Jesus, his only beloved son, to die a horrifically painful death for our sins and our mistakes, for us, a people not yet born, not even a sparkle in mum and dad's eye. He came that we might have life. He lived, died and was raised again so that we could live life in all of its fullness. Jesus came that we might know God, that we might know who he is, open and free access to the creator, to have relationship with him so that we don't have to behave with certain mannerisms, bow a certain number of times or pray a certain line of phrases. But we have free access to the Creator. We're not blindly trusting in an unknown. We can, with confidence, put our faith in the one who knows all. 
And although sometimes he does ask big things of us, it's not always big. It's not always a call to plant a campus, or a call to move house, move city, to sell belongings or leave a country. But maybe it's to speak well of someone, to flick someone a message or better a phone call of encouragement, to say, Lord, I'm available to speak hope to someone, to speak life into someone, to have someone round for a meal, to join the teams that you're part of, to invite, to serve, to pray and speak life. Respond to God's heart and the commission to his church. And this is the commission. In Matthew 28, Jesus came to his disciples and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them these new disciples, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Respond to his leading. Be obedient. Respond to his love. Respond in service and in worship. Respond, I am available. Can I invite the band to come back up with me? As we respond to Jesus, when we respond with humility, we begin to realize that we need him. We need Jesus in all of our lives, in every aspect of our lives. I need God to be just as much a part of my work life and my family life as I do my church life. I need the presence of God in every aspect. I need Him in my business. I need Him in my friendship. I need Him in my marriage. I need Him in the sports teams, in my friendships, in hobbies and activities. When we walk with humility and we respond to his invitation we realize that we can't do life without him and live it to all its fullness and life abundance without him and that compels us to say with all that I am I am available so this morning let's make ourselves available to him where you go I will go wherever you live I will live your people will be my people If you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. We're not blindly trusting an unknown God. We can with confidence put our faith in the one who knows all, the one who desires relationship with us, with you and with me. And I was praying about things, this message this week, and our gathering this morning. There are a couple of areas that I want to speak to this morning. Maybe here this morning and you follow Jesus. You have a relationship with Him. You know Jesus as your Savior. But life is really busy. You're struggling to make yourself available. At home, at work, there's just too much going on. There doesn't seem to be enough time in the day, let alone the week, to spend time with Jesus. But you so desire time with God, to reconnect and say, I am available. You can justify it by saying, oh, it's just a season. Oh, it's just a busy few weeks or a few months. 
It'll, it'll go back to normal, and maybe it will. But this morning, in this space, we're creating space for you and God to chat, to dream, and to give it all back to Him and say, I am available in this season. Maybe there are people here this morning who love the Lord and desire to serve Him, and but you have some questions of how, and I'm thinking more specifically about business owners or managers or team leaders. You're going, how do I take the hope and joy of what I have in Jesus and actually do it in, in my work environment? How do I bring that to my team? There were two things I felt God say. He said, seek processes. Find a spiritual mentor or a director. Ask us. We'd love to connect you with, with other spiritual uh, business people. Examine the unstated and stated values of your team and how they line up with what you believe. And the second was simply make yourself available. Spend time in the Word looking and asking for biblical strategies. Separate from your own time with God, your personal devotion. Spend time with God for your workplace and your team. Spend time in the Word and praying here this morning and I challenge you say God I am available you don't have to make the decision this morning and say I will follow Jesus all my life just give Jesus the opportunity to speak to you to call out and get your attention just ask him Jesus, whether it's, hey, I just need some help uh, refocusing my attention on Him. In my business, would you just pray for me and, and as I lead my team? Would you help me find time this week to make Jesus a priority? Make myself available to Him. We're going to spend a time in worship now, but there's something about praying with others. So after the service, just down here on my right, your left, brave enough to do that, but let's just pray. God, we thank you that you are God, that you are big enough, that you are in control, that you are the creator of all things. You know the beginning from the end. You know each of us here in this room and have gathered us here this morning 
to lift up your name and to praise you. And so this morning, God, we stand here so grateful. We stand here humbly and say, I am available. Would you lead us? Would you guide us? Would you speak to us so clearly that we can't deny that it's your voice? God, for each of these three groups of people that I prayed for uh, that we mentioned this morning. God, for people who are finding it hard to, to find time to make themselves available for Jesus during the week. God, we just pray your Holy Spirit would prompt them. We'd give them strategies and ideas. Husbands and wives would be able to take turns at spending alone time with Jesus, even just for five, ten minutes a day. People would be able to get creative in spending time with you. God, we pray for business and team leaders and managers. God, as they lead their teams, that you would give them biblical strategies for leadership. That in their workplace, in the marketplace, they would shine a light so brightly for you that as people walk by, they'll see Jesus in the neighborhood. They'll see Jesus as they walk past the storefront. They'll see Jesus as they walk into your foyer. That they would know your son. And God, we pray for people this morning who would make themselves available to you, maybe the first time or to reconnect. And we thank you for your grace and for your mercy. That you're not standing here with judgment, but you're standing here with your arms wide open. Saying, welcome home. Yes, you belong. We thank you that you love us. 